Thanks for joining me for when I'm not podcasting. Before I get to a guest that I'm going to feature for an interview, pretty expensive, expansive on this program today. I want to deliver a monologue to all of you right now before we say anything. Basically, a disclaimer. And I'm saying this only for myself and not speaking for my guests. And for anybody else that's listening, you know, this is where I just, this is my own thought process. We're going to talk about dating. We're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about men versus women. And here's what I have to say about this. As we talk about this subject, and we talk about a book that I'm going to talk about here, whom the author is with me today. The book is called Hack Her, True Female Nature 101. Now, I want to make it perfectly clear, clear, excuse me, that I love women 100%. I love women for what they bring as absolute potential to what could be a wonderful relationship where we've seen great examples of men and women being married, happily married, and fulfilling a wonderful life of raising children, having a family, and being able to successfully work together on creating a great relationship that can last a lifetime. I do not rule that out whatsoever as we do this interview. Uh, but I believe it's not something that can happen like it used to be because our parents and other people's parents in previous generations were able to do this very successfully. But things have gone in our society now to have let this concept be degraded generation after generation. I truly believe this major disconnect between the sexes has contributed to many psychological, mental, physical, and sexual hardships that women have gone through while men have gone through manipulation, humiliation to the point that a man questions his own manhood. For women, they have men maybe not as much as it might be claimed, but many women have been victims who have survived various episodes of physical, mental, and emotional abuse. Do not, I do not dispute that. Some of which I believe are cases that have been initiated by a man but also caused by a woman's decisions and her choices, good or bad, conscious or subconscious, where women have been sexually violated or forced upon by a man or woman. With this conversation with my guest today, I hope that both many women will answer this conversation with an open mind and realize there's a lot of work for both of us to do. But I do believe that men have been given more criticism than women have, and that since we can't go back to the way things were, hopefully this conversation will open up the dialogue to make us realize that the dating game and the way that people get married and have relationships needs to progress with the times. Everything from women asking out guys first to changing the antiquated rules and laws in place, which benefit women the most, to creating a new equal balance and to how relationships and marriages should be. With that said, my guest is Rosemont B. Chairman, again, the author of Hack Her, True Female Nature 101, and we'll be referring to him as... as at real pill chauvinist or rpc rpc i know we've had you there have been some uh, other guests that have had you graced you on youtube and i'm glad to have you here on the program on one of my podcasting thanks for being here i appreciate you for having me it's definitely an honor and before i continue on i want to say my little uh my own little disclaimer uh number one the first thing i want to say is i do not hate women i love women like if it wasn't for the women in my family, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Of course, you know, the men had a, a, a bigger part in it, part of it, but um, I definitely wouldn't be who I, who I am today if it wasn't for the women in my family, um, women outside of my family who's helped me in life. So number one, I want to say that I do not hate women. Number two, mm-hmm. when I say the things that I say and when I and what I wrote, the things that I wrote in my book, I want it to be clear that it does not describe all women. 
because that's the the the, the pushback that I get at um, most of the time as well. That's not all women. It's not all women. And I would say that I agree. That I agree. It is not all women. Yep. Next thing I would say is we're going to be discussing female nature, and the biggest, one of the biggest um, gems I want the listeners to get out of this conversation is the fact that yes, we are talking about female nature, and I want you to understand that female nature is neither good nor bad. It just right. is what it is. Um, a lot of guys have trouble with women because they don't understand women. And what I'll say is, hopefully, after this conversation, you'll have a better understanding of women and their nature. And I'd also say it's better to to try to understand women better than to try to figure out why or how they work. Just understanding their nature will will, will answer a lot of questions. And the last thing I'll say is, through this conversation, I want it to be one of the things that I'm going to try to point out in this conversation is how different males and females are i don't know when it started but for some reason society has taught us to believe that we are equals i believe that we are complementary to each other equals are not the same as we, we are we're about the same as cats and dogs mm-hmm. you know we have four legs fur you know tails but cats and dogs are not the same so those are the you know the the couple of disclaimers that i like to say and one thing i also agree with you is the fact that um this is um, a Western society type of mindset. Right. And the women that I described in my book are the women with the Western mindset. So it's not just women in America, maybe women in Europe, because Europe also has a Western mindset as opposed to Asia, which does not have a, a supposed Western mindset. You just, so just keep everything that I just said in mind. So we're going to, there's a lot to unpack when it comes to what you're saying, when it comes to the thing where, Men and women are apples and oranges, cats and dogs. It is there are traditional gender roles, whether people like it or not. That is just the way it is. And I've done before getting to your book, which I've listened to the audiobook twice, RPC, not to mention all the books that were self-help books and other things, which I'll talk about a little later on. But I'll tell you, it's you guys have to understand that we have to go and learn how to go and decode and decrypt what women are thinking how they're acting because the truth is we don't allow ourselves to do that and again that's a lot of as you mentioned there's a lot of things we were brainwashed as as kids but i'll tell you you're not the first person that gave me that idea because before i got to your book the offset that i got from it is from the author esther Villar. she wrote the manipulated man and the polygamous sex i don't know if you're familiar with these books but I feel like there was a lot of inspiration from those books because when I read your book, I felt that Hacker offered a modern take, a 2021, 2022 take on many of those principles that she described in her books back in 1971 and 1976. So I want to take one of her quotes real quick here. She says, quote, it is quite incredible that men whose desire for knowledge is unbounded in every other field are really totally blind to these facts that they are incapable of seeing women as they really are with nothing else to offer but a vagina and two breasts. Mm. Were you familiar with her works and were you inspired at all by her teachings when you wrote the book? To be completely honest, when I read the book, I'm familiar familiar with one of her books, The Manipulated Man. And uh, there's this guy on, on Instagram called Mr. Freeport. And he had posted the book the manipulated man. I'm like, what, what is this book? So I looked into it and I read it. And after I read it, I thought, I thought to myself, 
no, then I did more research on the, on the author and I, when I figured out that the book came out in the seventies and I said to myself, hold on, this book came out for 50 years ago. Yes. And nobody still knows about women and how they act and so on and so forth. So because it was the feminist movement, she was talking specifically mm -hmm. of that at the mm -hmm. start of it. Mm -hmm. And it was literally that book that caused me to start my channel, my YouTube channel. Yep. Because after reading the book, I thought to myself, how is it that guys don't know this? And I said, because nobody's out there telling them. I said, you know, what? I got to start a YouTube. And, no, before I was, that was running through my head. And then my younger brother and my, my, my little cousin, my female cousin, mm -hmm. who I would always give life advice to ever since they were literally little kids. I, I literally changed their diapers and everything. They told me after I gave them some advice uh, uh, earlier that day, they were like, you know what? You need to start a YouTube channel. I'm like, nah, you know. I don't want to be in front of the camera. That's not really my thing. They're like, no, really, no. Like, the people need to hear some of your advice. And I juxtaposed that to me thinking, like, the world needs to hear about female nature because they never really heard about it. So that got me to start my channel. So in the beginning of, so the, be the beginnings of my YouTube channel was me talking about Esther Villar's teachings. Right. So one of the things that I'll say is that I think, I believe the reason why a lot of men who, who read Esther Villar's book, The Manipulated Man, and guys, and some guys who, read, who, who will read my book, Hacker, the reason why they have a hard time truly grasping the information is because they truly haven't had a well-rounded experience with the opposite with the opposite gender. A lot of guys, when they deal with women, they're either dealing with their mother, their teacher, or their girlfriend. They're not dealing with women on, uh, 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 how can I say, kind of like behind the scenes where a woman will you know, what I like to say, take her mask off, you know, show her, show her real self, you know, tell her, yeah. tell you her real secrets. So me having a lot of experiences with, with the opposite sex, and I don't mean necessarily sexual intercourse. I mean, just interacting, talking, uh, just going, yeah. just having experiences that when I read the book, The Manipulated Man, it connected so many dots for me, you know, just like, like I said, I don't want to get too graphic too early, but when it talks about women wanting uh, having great fantasies. I'm not going to get too graphic, but having great fantasies. Yep. Before reading the book, I didn't understand why a woman wanted to feel like she was being assaulted and that would turn her on. But after reading the book, I don't even remember what part of Esther Vlog's book it was, but after reading the book, it clicked in me. I got it. Understand? Why a woman would rather be with a stranger than her husband. You know, I got it. So right. I'll say all that to say, um, after starting my channel, after reading the book, starting my channel, and giving interviews with guys, you know, about dating, about understanding women, I realized I, I got to a point where I kept telling guys, you know, stop focusing on the women. You need to focus on yourself because once you focus on yourself, then you'll become a better person and the women will chase you. But the guys were constantly stuck on women. So I thought to myself, you know what? I've had experiences with women behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, in different industries from education to healthcare to all these different type things from, <laughs> from being the side guy to being the boyfriend to, you know, playing the husband role, yep. all these different, you know, roles. I, I thought to myself, I think I could write a book for guys in the modern era where they can truly understand <laughs> women's nature so that once they understand that nugget, they can move on with their life. That they can actually start focusing on their purpose, you know, uh, uh, making enough, uh, uh, creating enough finances, passive income, active income, so that they can support a family, so they can they can travel the world if they choose to. 
now, so that was really my inspiration for writing the book. Go ahead. And in the book itself, I mean, you look at just that we focus ourselves as men, in particular of the women we're trying to go after, that they incorporate youth and beauty. We want young, beautiful women. This really, I mean, for a lot of what we're talking about with this book, I feel like it's not, and even with Manipulated Man, she's not necessarily talking about older women, but she explains why the women are, are where they are. And, you know, you hear about the, that women will, you know, in psychology is supposed to be where youth and beauty are the tools and the traits that are blessed to a woman in order to gain wisdom. And it goes from there. And with her, that's what she made the point of. And that's where we are, where we are, you know, instead of us really making a priority of going after older women that have gone through experiencing things, we don't want that because we want women that are inexperienced that we can actually hold mold and shape that we have an opportunity to go ahead and that have not been bitter through past relationships, toxic boyfriends, or, you know, relationships they've been in before they've had children, before they've, you know, really started doing anything to degrade their bodies, putting ink or changing their hair or, you know, going through a real rebellious stage and helping them just, you know, if, trying to catch them at, at this wild moment and hopefully getting them to be something that we want. In the book, you make this point that women, quote, lie, cheat, and steal just like everybody else, and, quote, they are not angels. Mm -hmm. So, RPC, when I think about the modern woman of today and the issues that men like myself have dating women that have a modern mindset, strong woman, I don't need a man, that they feel like they need to be provided for and that they are entitled to be provided for. And that mindset is still instilled to them by their mothers, aunts, sisters, other female peers without any influence from a fatherly or male counterpart to balance out their beliefs and values. Because that's the other thing we're talking about a lot of broken homes in some of these mm -hmm. women, and it's only women that are giving the, their, their, their advice. Do you feel like that's why most women you refer to the book are wired the way they are today? <clears throat> Absolutely. Because even in the book, I stated a lot of guys, when you read this book or listen to this audio book, you may feel the need to run to, you know, the next woman that you know and, and tell them about themselves. Like, oh, you know, I, I, I know your nature. Y'all know women are like this and women act like this because of this. And you know, you know what most of their response will be? No, not me. I don't act like that. Yeah. What are you talking about? I don't know. None of my friends act like that. My mother doesn't act right. like that. So right. I say that to say, to, to piggyback off of what you just said, a lot of women get their, a lot of women have anecdotal experiences. And for those who don't know what that means, basically, their, their experiences are based mostly on the people around them. So the example I give is, if you have a woman, let's say you have a, for, lack, for, for, for sake of this uh, discussion, let's say you have a woman who is very religious. So let's say her friends are also very religious and, you know, they're saving themselves for marriage and, you know, they're not out having girls night out, you know, having girls trips or anything like that. So if I come to her and I tell her, you know, there's a lot of women out here, you know, they'll go to a bar, you know, and have a one night stand with a, with a dude. She'll be like, what? And mind you, let's say her mother is the same way as her, very religious. Her grandmother's the same, very religious. She goes to church. So, the, so the, 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 the group that she hangs around have similar mindset, have a similar quote unquote culture. So if I tell her that, you know, there's a lot, uh, there's a, many women out here, you know, just giving a box up, just going to cl uh, clubs, you know, they're having babies with guys. They don't even know who the, who the father is. She would be in shock. She would, she would think, you know, there are probably some women out there, but it's not many because the women I'm around, they're nothing like that. So 
understand, um, guys, or women listening to this, that a lot of women get their their world. It's like, I like to say it's almost like their world is as big as, let's give it the state. Their world is as big as their state, but a man's mind, his his, his mindset is as big as the world. It's not the universe. He can, he can think bigger. So because women don't have that outside voice of, of to counterbalance like like what you just said it's yeah. almost like like not even almost they're in an echo chamber so when a man like like myself or like like yourself and comes and tells them or points out reality it sounds foreign to them it, it, it matter of fact it's it's offensive it's almost offensive to take them out their quote-unquote world because their mama done told them their grandmama done told them and, and what's even worse now the television told them now yeah. The uh, the music tells them now, and movies. The reality shows all of it. Yeah, yeah. Reality shows that what we're saying is is quote unquote a false reality. But when when we know using logic and reason, because that's also what I discussed in the book, yeah. we use logic and reason to get to the best outcome. Because of logic and reason, we can give them true reality. But there's nothing for that. There's nothing that backs up what we're saying. So it's an uphill battle. You also make in the reference in the book about top middle and bottom shelf women and that right there what you just said about religious women in some cases that's the middle shelf where if they're given this opportunity to be discreet and they're going to be somewhere where they cannot be judged whether it's on vacation mm. well then they get to mm. be themselves and even Esther Valar said the same thing that women were given the opportunity will get to be what the sexual beings they want to be but they must have a control factor when amongst you know just guys like us you really feel like it's like them now, RPC, I want to ask you, though, I've read plenty of self-help books, plenty uh, that range from the psychology to women, which was a really great book I got into. And we'll talk about that in a minute uh, and, uh, after my, this question. But uh, and I've also read all the pickup games. So, you know, the seduction techniques, Neil Strauss, you know, mystery, all those kind of books. I've read those before, too. In your book, this is the first time I've ever been introduced to the concept of hypergamy. Defined as the action of marrying or forming a sexual relationship with a person of a superior sociological or educational background. So I never got this reference in any book I ever read, but you come up with this phrase and you bring it into the conversation. Talk to me about where you really understood that concept and how you were able to incorporate it into the book. One of the things that I noticed even growing up, even in high school, is the fact that I noticed the girls always wanted who society thought was the best guy. You know, they could have a good guy who wanted them, you know, would do anything for them, but they always had the eye on the quote-unquote best guy. Never understood that as a, in high school. I was in my own long-term relationship, and um, my ex ended up breaking up with, breaking up with me, and i say maybe two months, maybe even less than that. She, was, she already had another guy. Mm-hmm. And a friend of mine, my close friend, he 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 referenced the the uh, the term monkey branching. I was like, monkey branching, what's that? He was like, wow. oh, she probably had that already, knew the guy already, and hmm. it's probably you know she she was probably uh, her friend. So once that relationship was over, you know, she just monkey branched. I was like, yo, that, that reminded me to my high school days, and I was like, because the, the guy she monkey branched to was a uh, was already um uh, ar- army official, so you know he had benefits, you know he had yeah he already had checks coming in. So that's the way I viewed it. Like, okay, because at the time I was I was in med school, so I wasn't making any money. So I kind of understood why she would go with that guy, without really understanding it, right? Without being able to put it into words. So once the term monkey branch went into my head, 
I started doing my own research because my whole thing is I'm, a, I'm someone who studies people. Yeah. It's like I've been a sociologist ever since I was a child. I just always love or I always was fascinated by the way people work, like the way the mind work, but more specifically women, because as a as a male, I had a better understanding of males because I had a, a firsthand experience. But women always intrigued yeah. me, the way they moved, the way they, they thought, the things that they did, even even if it's not a woman that I liked during class, it was what my mom did, what my aunt did, what my female cousin did. Like, why would you do that? So on and so forth, good or bad. So back to the question of hypergamy. So once I understood the the word um, monkey branching, I started realizing like the reason why women are hypergamous, it goes back to me understanding that they live with a survival mentality. See, once men, one of the things men need to understand is that women have a survival mentality versus can, can i ask you a question about that let me let me go yeah. here, make that point real quick mm-hmm. um before i get to that i just want to make the point too that you know uh, that phrase just just has so, so much of thing power plus i also think of the concept of how women will be in starter marriages and women will actually say Oh, this is a starter marriage because we're going to upgrade to the next guy, the next well, I'm not, better. I'm not familiar male. with the term. What's a what's a starter marriage? I'm not familiar with that. Tom Likas were referred to this, the radio talk show host, who's done a lot. Yeah, which I'll bring him. him up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Also, a lot of inspiration from him as well. Likas one on one. So, starter marriage is where some women will just they will upgrade where they find one man they're going to marry that will support them in order to upgrade to another guy to support them better with much higher value, much higher, um, you know, income, much higher status. So it's just yeah. upgrading and bumping up to the next level, to the, <sighs> the next, next thinking bracket, if you will. Now, <sighs> here's what I got mentioned. And this is where you, uh, this is where I want to bring what you just brought up there. Survival mentality versus preservation, self-preservation mentality. Mm-hmm. So one of the books I read through several times and I, for psychology, I highly recommend it. It's another audio book. You need to add to your library, the men's guide to women. Mm. fantastic they wrote about the biological role of women being supportive and in most cases subservient to a man's wants and needs and understanding her role in building a home and raising a family and one of the quotes that caught my attention was that you said quote there is a difference between having a survival mentality versus having a self-preservation mentality end quote Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. you came to the understanding that women are going to be the way they are based on their natural biological makeup and their habits Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you want to break that down? It's, it's like you, imp- you, you, when I heard that, that's the first thing in the book that just, well, it, it was, you know, is this whole imprisonment kind of th- the idea that survival. I, I actually, when I go out to the mall regularly, I go out to go exercise or walk, whatever, and mm-hmm. I'll look at women and they absolutely give you that look of fear as mm-hmm. if they're like they're afraid of somebody coming to attack them or, or it's like the, it's like a rape culture. Or you go to, it's like if you see a college student, you're on campus, they're going to be very close to the vest and they're afraid that somebody's going to attack them at any time because the thought's been put in their head. Exactly. Exactly. I agree 100%. And that's, but, but, yeah. And I would say, I, but what I also say, I think it goes back through, uh, through time and, and history where, you know, I, I, I believe I said Hunter and Gather days where. You know, where they had to worry about animals, you know, coming out of nowhere. And that's why they needed the man to protect them. But like you just stated, we're, we're not living in the jungle anymore. So why do they still have that, su- that survival mentality? And like you just stated, it's been put in their head. It's been put in their head that, you know, somebody's going to assault them in the street. If, 
see, this is see, this, that goes back to the dichotomous mindset that I also spoke spoke about in the book. Like, mm-hmm. on one hand, you'll have people saying that society is dangerous to women; they have to worry about being, you know, sexually assaulted, so on and so forth. But at the same time, these same women will go out two, three o'clock in the morning to go clubbing and bar hopping and so on and so forth with no men with them. So, which is it? Are you worried that right. you're going to be attacked, you know, by the menace of society? Or are you do or do you know that you're safe because you know you know you have law enforcement, security, so on and so forth, and just you know just modern society where a guy can't just bop you over the head and pull you into an alley no more. So yeah. it's just like I said, it's a, a lot of brainwashing. Just to speak a little bit about the dichotomous mindset, women have you know their animalistic side, for lack of a better term, the animalistic side of how they naturally wrongly act, the animal brain, but they also have another side of their brain which is what they've been taught, what they, what, what they've, what, excuse me, what they've been programmed to believe yeah. that they're supposed to act, they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to look, so on and so forth. That's why I believe a lot of women, you know, <laughs> three hundred plus days out of the year, they'll dress very conservatively. But come New Year's, come Halloween, Halloween. they'll throw the, the. Oh, I really want to focus on Halloween. That's when <laughs> they really could come out and take the mask off and put the cat suit on or put the nursing outfit on, and, yeah. and it's like, whoa. Mary, wow! I've never seen you this way. You, you're very usually just very concerned. Oh yeah. Or think about when you have this. somebody that's married and the husband's like, and look at the wife. She's going to go out kind of like a trollop. It's the one mm. night that's excusable to dress mm. that way. Mm. Absolutely. But you know, let me say this before we continue moving forward. Any, any, any negative behavior that women exhibit nowadays, just just to be clear. I put the blame on men. And the reason I say that real quick is because, like I stated in the book, women are natural followers. Men are natural leaders. So whatever women are doing, they're doing it because men are allowing it. Or or to say it another way, men are rewarding bad behavior. So because of that, women will continue doing what they're doing. So men are complaining. Oh, why does she have fake hair? Or why does she have another guy here? Or why does she expect me to pay for every date? Now, not a new trend. I don't know. I don't know where you live, but I live in New York. The new trend is now, as far as the younger generation, you'll have women demanding guys cash at them two hundred dollars, cash at her two hundred dollars before even meeting on a date. Simping. And at first, and, and at first, when I, yeah. first when I saw that, I didn't believe it. But then I started thinking, I said, if that's true, which it probably is, it is the reason why she's comfortable doing that is because she must have had several guys actually do it already. It's the only fans generation. We now have fin doms, financial dominatrixes, and they are referring to their guys as pay picks. This is seriously, this is happening now. So guys wow. can absolutely, oh, it, simping has now become such a, it's now a term in our lexicon. It's part of the dictionary. And there are guys that absolutely will do nothing just because of the, a woman giving a little bit of attention. The guy will give all the validation in the world to a girl. And this is all online for the most part. But there are guys that are willing to be humiliated, be embarrassed, and will let a w- girl just walk all over her as a financial dominatrix and will treat a guy like a pay pick. And it's an acceptable behavior now because, like you said, men have allowed it to happen. But this this new generation, something happened here. And, you know, now that you have the online paywall that's up there for OnlyFans or other sites, 
and for dating apps and stuff as well, Snapchat, there's all this going on. It's acceptable behavior. I, I got to ask now. Um, so as I mentioned, the first time your book actually really said to me, oh, shit. I literally said, oh, shit, when I heard it. I said, wow, you hit the nail on the head. Chapter one, you're talking about guys and how they react when they're after coming out of a fight that we don't think straight. We don't think about what happened. We're in survival mode. You wrote that women feel like they're in prison. They feel like they must be in a survival mode at all times. And it's, it's that epiphany that just tells me, you know, doesn't that, does that really make us realize we need to change the way we approach? And, you know, that it should help guys help understand we have been going on at this the wrong way. We need to change the script. Hundred percent. Just to just to you know um, unpack that. What I want see when women used to tell me, "Oh, I'm afraid to go out this time." I'm like, "What's the big deal?" Or whenever a woman would say something that would frighten them in my mind as a man, I'm thinking, "What's the big deal?" It's just this. We got to worry about it. It's not. That's not gonna happen until I actually. And the thing is, the the one of the hardest things or the hardest, the biggest wall that's going to be stopping men from understanding women is the fact that they need to fully put themselves in a woman's shoes, both shoes, not just one, but both. But it's difficult to do that. So that's why I, I put the scenario in the book where if I, to describe a woman in survival mode in the world would be similar to describing a man, would be similar to describing a man in the hardest prison in the world with the most occurrences of sexual assault amongst prison mate, inmates. And the average size of inmates in this prison is about 6'3", 260 pounds. And you, and you, and you buddy, who, who, who you're going to this prison, who you're unlawfully, who you're wrongfully going to this prison, mind you didn't do the, you didn't do the crime, but you were wrongfully in prison in the worst prison with the most sexual assaults. My guys who are 6'3", 260 pounds. And you, buddy, are 110 pounds soaking wet. Right. Now think about that. If you were to go into a scenario like this again, for, for guy, okay, let me let me unpack that. For guys who don't know what sexual assault in a prison would look like, basically booty bandits. They're gonna take your booty, okay? So imagine being 110 pounds, five six, and you're in an environment like this. How are you going to survive? First thing I thought was, because you're like, maybe it's a New York thing, maybe you know, being from the streets. I, I thought to myself, okay. I got to get good with the top guy, whoever the boss is, whoever the leader is. Like if I'm his, his buddy, his right hand man, then he's going to tell everybody not to mess with me. Cause that's, that's his, I'm his right hand man. Hypergamy. That's when I clicked hypergamy. Another thing, walking through that prison, I'm not going to walk around my chest out, you know, just lily gagging. I'm going to be worried that somebody's going to sexually assault me, grape me. Like we stated before, how women talk about, well, if I go in the street, somebody's going to, that's that feeling. And the reason why I stated 6'3", 260, and you're 110 pounds is the fact that men are physically stronger than women. No matter how much you think, you know, women are equal, men are physically stronger than women. So with the scenario of these guys being 260 pounds, muscle, um, uh, prison built, meaning they, they, they pump an iron every day. And again, you're 110 pounds. So that means they're curling you. So with that being said, even if you wanted to defend yourself, in this environment, in this scenario, 
you wouldn't even be able to. So that means they can take your booty whenever they want. Think about your mentality. Waking when you go to when you go to down when you go to any downtown, any urban central, right? A centralized area. When you see a college campus, you see those emergency call boxes, the blue lights, the purple lights, whatever those are. You know that's for women to have as a peace of mind to say mm-hmm. have safety. And mm-hmm. guys have to also understand that it. it's safety that is need to be given to women. They need to feel safe. When they always talk about, you know, you want a guy that's confident. It's not only just that, it's secure, it's offer safety, it's offer protection. The mm-hmm. woman feels com- feels comfortable and safe around them. So it's not a matter where you have to be in a fight to go ahead and protect. And sometimes that, that might be tested by a woman to go ahead and start up, have you start a fight with another guy, whatever that might be. But to me, it's going back to, you know, when you have cavemen and cave women, how do women get to survive in all that? They had to attach themselves to a man. Mm-hmm. And who knows what that man was going to be? And the same thing with it could be the Wild West. You can think about farm life. Before we had civilization, that same mm-hmm. mindset was in play. They had to and find somebody that they could support, and then they had to find out what their role was to be the mother, to be the provider, to be the supporter, to be the homemaker. Mm-hmm. That's what they had to figure out themselves. Now, mm-hmm. I want to move no, along. Let me say one, ahead, let me say one, one quick thing. Like, 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 like men will understand once they read this book is that um, – it's like a fine line when it comes to women. So I just want to just tap on being comfortable. Yes, you do want a woman to be comfortable with you, but you never want a woman to be too comfortable with you because once she's too comfortable with you, you're no longer intriguing. You're no longer a mystery. So again, right. I just want to just throw that out there because guys will hear, oh, you want, they want a woman comfortable. So they'll try to appease everything that a woman wants. Oh, you want this? You like the pillow like this? You like your food like this? And then she'll feel like, okay, this guy's not really a challenge. You know so what? Yes. I put it like this RPC. Make him feel comfortable, but don't be predictable. Ah, I take that. I agree with that. Make her feel safe. I de- I'll definitely stand on that 100%. Always make her feel, well, 90% of the time, make her feel safe because in the be- bedroom, sometimes she wants to feel like you're about to kill her. But that's another, that's another topic. Oh, but you know what happens too is that, you know, when you find guys that are very dangerous and they are, they're willing to go and do like risk taking. They're willing to kind of risk yes. their life and doing things like mm-hmm. you know, bungee jumping or, you know, driving fast cars, whatever that might be. Some of that always, you know, every, every guy that ever does that or in the military, risking your life every time you're out there, whether it's basic training or on the field. That's why women are so tight or police or firefighters, first responders. That's why all those guys in uniform, it identifies, it triggers a thought in the mind. So women will always attract to them pretty easily. It doesn't matter even mm-hmm. what the guy is. It's just a matter he's of what he's doing, what he's putting himself on the line. It's that kind of mindset as well. But when you're not that, I say comfortable, but also keep it not predict unpredictable at all at, at all costs. So you never know what's going to come. And I agree with that a whole hard part. So I brought up Esther Villar at the start of the interview, the manipulative man. I want to ask you about something else here before I ask my next question. Now, this is a little bit of a passage, but Again, this this is where this woman was so smart and so ahead of her time. This I read over and over, and it just hits so well. Quote, women have pervert, preserved this baby look for as long as possible so as to make the world continue to believe in the darling, sweet little girl she once was. And she relies on the protective instinct in man to make him take care of her. As with everything a woman undertakes under her own initiative, this whole maneuver is as incredible as it is as it is stupid. 
it is amazing the fact that it succeeds. It would appear very short-sighted to encourage such an ideal of beauty. For how can any woman hope to maintain it beyond the age of 25? Despite the trick, every trick of the cosmetics industry, the spy magazine advice against thinking or laughing, both tending to create wrinkles. Her actual age will inevitably show through in the end. And what on earth is a man to do with a grown-up face when he has been manipulated into considering only helpless, appealing little girls to be creatures of beauty? What is a man to do with a woman when the smooth curves have become flabby tires of flesh, the skin slack and pallid, when the childish tones have grown shrill and the laughter sounds like name? What is to become of this shrew when her face no longer atones for her ceaseless inanities and when the cries of ooh and ah begin to drive him out of his not mind this mummified child will never fire a man's erotic fantasy again almost finished you wrote about how women have so many things they must put on themselves so they can be perceived by what society and the media portrays as young and beautiful we can go down the list rpc false eyelashes makeup hair weaves extensions then we move on to the alterations liposuction breast augmentation, BBLs, plastic surgery. Now, I'm in South Florida, and trust me, I know there are women that come here specifically for BBLs, for plastic surgery, and they feel like they need to do it. They need to take the Kardashian route to continue to make themselves look like they are. When women are brainwashed into the manipulation, here's my question, and the control that a multi-billion dollar health and beauty industry has over women, what chance do men have at overcoming these odds of finding a woman that's grounded, appreciates her natural beauty, and has been red pilled from all that propaganda. <clears throat> I hope you guys, I hope you guys are ready because you guys are here. This I got question. time. I got yeah, time. yeah. Guys are here. This question and probably think I say, "Oh, we have no hope. Forget about it. Go your <laughs> own way." Right. No, nah, that's not going to be my answer. So, first thing I'll say is, uh, when it comes to women like this, yes, it is media that that has them thinking this way. So, yes, there still is a chance. Where do you find a woman like this? Well, first of all, let's just be clear. The Internet definitely messed a lot of things up. Social media messed a lot of things up. Um, but where can you find a woman like this? I hope you guys are ready for this answer because you're going to have to put in some work. The place to find a woman like this are in remote towns and remote cities. You, you, you may have to go out the country. And when I say out the country, I'm not even talking about a major city out the country. I'm talking about another remote town or remote Pueblo outside of the country where they don't have as much Wi-Fi, where they don't have as much access to the media and, so, uh, and to the, uh, the, the uh, TV and the, into the, into the uh, pop culture. Because it's pop culture that gives them that mindset that, that, that forms their, their, their quote-unquote culture of how they feel like what their role is, so on and so forth. So with what pop culture does to women in the big cities, you know, the, 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 the big uh, towns or whatever the case may be, it's almost a wrap for them because no matter what you tell them, what they see on the tablet, on that screen, from what their mom is telling them, is completely different. But again, if you go to that remote city, like the re- I started thinking that way when I visited Cuba before pandemic and all out, I was able to go to Cuba in 2019. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if anybody knows, Cuba is like the 1970s. Like, it's really like a flashback in time. So with that, I'm talking about the, the cars, the buildings, everything. I mean, they may have some modern things. Like, you'll have a 1970 car with a, with a modern, you know, uh, a tape deck or whatever well, you want to call it. the 50s cars, yeah. My family's yeah, Cuban. Cr- I noticed you're, uh, you're Haitian. Yes, I am. I'm going to make 100%. that point across, too. Yes, so, absolutely. 
it's interesting you go ahead and go over to, to Cuba and the idea is I totally agree with the fact that you can get your passport ready. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny where there's a, it, you can be all, everybody can go ahead and, you know, crit, criticize mail order brides, but they're real. And honestly, there are a lot of guys I know that have been very happy making that switch. Uh, one of my a former best friend of mine, he for five years was talking on uh, OK Cuba to a girl in the Philipp- in Thailand, but she's from the Philippines. And in those five years, they grew a great bond. And then one year, you know, and this guy doesn't make that much money. He's always kind of mm-hmm. just extremely awkward around girls. And then all of a sudden he got his tax return about three years ago. He said, you know what? Everything's going to shit. I'm going over there for a month. I'm going to mm-hmm. see this girl's the real deal. Had sex every night. They spent every mm-hmm. minute, every waking hour together. And mm-hmm. he was like, I'm marrying her. She's going to mm. be my wife. Mm. Did all the immigration paperwork, five, ten thousand dollars later, she's here. They have a kid. And as far as I know, they're happy. And wow. it worked. He would wow. have never wow. gotten anything like this here. But I totally okay. agree that you know, you go to another country, you'll find, and it, it, it's out there. You can go you can go anywhere in the Caribbean, you can go anywhere mm-hmm. in Asia, uh India if you have to, like there's out there. It's there, I really America. feel like that's what it comes down to is that if you want to find women, those are where the women are. And, you know, if there's not much of a language barrier, better off. But that's what I it comes down to. Spanish. I taught myself Spanish in the last two, three years. Yeah. I told myself, if I'm going to Latin America or, in the, in the, or these Caribbean islands where they do speak Spanish, I'm tired of pulling out my, my translator all the time. I asking somebody, what does this mean? Yeah. What does this say? Like, so, guys, fellas, with this, with this answer, when I talk about you have to go outside the country, like I said, you got to put in that work. So you're going to yeah. have to put in the work to be able to have the finances to go out to the country, but also put in that mental work where you may want to learn a new language. And I'm not saying you have to be proficient where, you know, you have to be college level, even high school level. I say be at a second grade level where you can carry a, a, a simple conversation with somebody in the street, know how to uh, order transportation, know how to uh, order your food, know how to, you know, uh, talk regular stuff. How's your family doing? You know, how's your health? So, so on and yeah. so forth. Just stuff like that. And you'll, and you'll be okay. One of my favorite trips I ever got to go is Dominican Republic. The women, mm-hmm. romantic, loving, caring, cariñosa, great word. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. really just beautiful, beautiful women. It's, it's a, and there's a reason why guys go there all the time. It's a men's playground. You go there, they might go to other places where, you know, it, I mean, there's a reason where uh, some of the places that are out there for sex tourism, you know, I don't mm-hmm. say anything about it, but the fact is the countries they're going to is because the women are such wonderful and they're just not caught up in Western culture. I mean, I'll tell you this too. When I look at what women do now to attract the men and do all the work they have, the one thing is I'm, I like a natural woman. I don't care mm-hmm. about the hair, especially when it comes to a black woman. Listen, there's a lot of beautiful mm-hmm. black women that I don't really feel like I don't need them to wear the fake eyelashes, the hair. I don't even need women that have so much really to even have makeup or to go through the treatments they go Absolutely. through. But mm-hmm. for me also, you're seeing women now they it's gotten so rampant it's it's acceptable to have tattoos and ink or piercings that are supposed to going along to enhance your youth and beauty where there's so many girls now i see them getting so many tattoos it's just i mean sure there might be reasons and, and meanings behind them but it's a degrading it's a it's like mm-hmm. a mutilation of your body like a, the purity of what your beautiful skin was and decide to do something with this and it's just you know, you know now it's just every woman feels like they just that's like what they should do so what do you yep. see about this following trend of a woman 
looking less natural, less pure in her skin, feeling like she needs to do more things to herself to distinguish herself from every other woman. Because that's the other thing. Some women might look the same, but they say, well, I'm going to do this to my hair, do this to my body. And they don't understand they're hurting themselves. Absolutely. So what I'll say to that is it's a two-part answer. So when women do get these tattoos, piercings, I mean, I was just, I was just have, I'm talking in a group chat because they, they showed a picture of this chick and she had like the, the nose, the, the, I call it that the bull nose ring. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know any guy that says, Oh, I wish I had a chick that had a bull nose ring, you know? Like, so the, the two part answer is this, we got the, the female part answer and we have the male part answer. Let me start with the female. When it comes to women, the reason why they're getting all these tattoos, piercings, and hair color, eyelashes, long nails, is because they're competing with each other. Women, men have a competitive bone in them. Women also have a competitive bone. They don't have a competitive bone when it comes, like, like sports-wise, like physically. They have competitive bone with women because they know that there's more women than men on the planet. So men have options to choose from. Like even if they, even if they don't know this consciously, they know this subconsciously. So with that being said, they know that they're in competition for the hypergamous man. They'll never tell you that, but understand this, because I wrote this in the book also, is that a woman values another woman's compliment on how she looks more than a man's compliment, because she believes a man's going to compliment anything and everything. But the person that, but for a person that she's in competition with to give her a compliment, that's like, boom, mission accomplished. Yeah. So the reason why women are doing what they're doing as far as piercings, hair color, eyelashes and it's getting worse and worse and worse is because they're constantly up in the ante because they want to feel like they're doing better or looking better than the, than the next woman next to them that's the female part of that answer the male part of that answer is like i stated before men are rewarding bad behavior and i'll go i'll go as far as saying that i'm a part of that and what i mean by that is this for men to fix this particular problem we would have to have we would have to stop having sex with that wild child chick. You know how they say the crazy chicks have the best sex. Yeah. So we'll see a chick with red hair, tattoos, and be like, "Oh, she's gonna be fun tonight," and we'll smash it that night, have a great night. But when you, especially if you were the high value, or if you if you were a dude that that that's that's doing something for yourself, and you have sex with her, now she feels like she's somebody. Like well, she when somebody says you're you're nothing but a slut or she'll be like what I have high value guys who want me no that guy slutted you out for the night but I say that to say because this particular guy has sex with her now she feels like even though I have red hair despite I have red hair long long nails and a bull nose ring look at the kind of guys that want that want me or that are willing to marry me because women don't know the difference between a guy wanting her for sex versus a guy wanting her to be her wife so. The female aspect of it, women are in competition with each other. That's why it's getting worse and worse. But the reason why it's even going on and it's even allowed to go on is because guys reward these type of women by giving them the the the, the prize of their penis. Like I said, I'm those are the that. ones that are still competing because then there's the other ones that are not competing anymore. They throw on leggings, they throw on yoga pants. They decide to get themselves tatted up. They they get they gain weight and and listen, I love be, I love a bigger girl. More than I do more skinnier girls. That's my opinion. But I'll tell you, I don't like the fact that some of the women that I see now, you know, they've just let them. I mean, there's still a lot of women that have youth and beauty, and they still, they're pretty, they're more than pretty enough to go ahead and be you know, attract any guy. 
but they've mm-hmm. given up because of what women have done to them in the competition and the peer mm-hmm. pressure they've dealt with. So they decided to degrade themselves and they say, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to try anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I wish I could get to those girls before they give up on themselves, which is why mm-hmm. I think going after younger women is where it goes. I'm 46 and I just feel like a younger woman is going to give an opportunity because by to find yeah. somebody right now that imagine if you just wanted to go and marry somebody now, like you can't find a girl that could wear a bathing suit or a bikini show skin without having something crawling up and down off of her body. Or just <laughs> the worst part is you see bridesmaids at a wedding and even the wedding, what kind of stuff is crawling out of the, out of the bridesmaid, you know, you know, because those dresses are usually shoulderless. So you see neck, back everything everything covered up and i'm like why do you do this to yourselves they're women make it too hard i i think guys would love to have a natural woman a woman they see because you're going to be with that woman for the most part when you're in bed with them and they're not going to have all that on right let me interject could you ask the question why would why, why do they have all that on why would they do that my the first thing that came to my head is because these women are looking for dad. Let me let me let me let me let me let me tap on that real quick. Yes. Most guys think that women are looking for daddy. There's a big shout out to Afi Kingdom because he's the one that put me onto this. There's a big difference and re- <laughs> there's a big difference between daddy, the term daddy and dad. Now, let me just say this real quick. Mm-hmm. Women do all this stuff because they're looking for dad. Now we're already accustomed to the term daddy, sugar daddy. Daddy's the one that's going to treat her like a princess. That's going to, you know, put her on a pedestal. That's going to give her anything and everything that she wants. Girls don't respect daddy. They know they can walk all over daddy, especially if they have the, t- the waterworks coming out. Women are looking for dad. Who is dad? Dad is the disciplinarian. Dad is the, author- the, 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 the authoritarian. Dad is going to be like that. See, women who grew up with dads and not daddies know better than to get a tattoo. And if they were to get a tattoo... It'd be like a little, a little heart right here right. that she can be, barely see, or like a little music note behind the ear that's discreet. So I say that to say a lot of women do these rings and tattoos because they're waiting for a guy to be like, Yo, why you do that dumb shit for? Yo, make sure you don't get no more tattoos, man. That shit don't really look too good on you. You know that, right? But I mean, like, oh, okay, fine. You was young. I get it. But yeah, just don't do that dumb shit no more. Or when women act people, up, asking for gifts. No, take me here. I want to go here. They're acting out like a child. You need yes. to act them like a child. You need to discipline yes. them. You need to say no. Hey. You got to be able hey. to say no. And when and sometimes they ask, ask, ask. You have to keep saying no until you want to not say no, unless you want to give. It's got to be your choice. And you bring up a great point, RPC, because of the daddy part. Okay, I've dated in many, many variations. Okay, listen, 20, 46 years old. I remember love at AOL. I remember, you know, personal ads, I remember <laughs> chat lines, all that stuff. I used to do great sure. on chat lines, by the way, because it was my voice. I didn't have to go and compete with other guys because my voice you know, is radio voice and I can I can talk. Now, there was also adopting digital websites for dating. And now we got apps. So women yeah. have the option of sitting behind paywalls. That was the worst part of all this. So now. You're forced to go to online dating, and even that has gotten ruined at, after a while because of the way it is. So mm-hmm. 25 plus years of dating online, I don't go to Tinder, Hinge, Bumble, Match, or eHarmony for meeting women because the same crop of women are there on those websites. And honestly, and I'm telling this, this is not a secret, but everybody, if you don't realize this yet, you need to. 
There's a reason why those sugar daddy websites cost so much. You might spend 40, 60, or seeking a range, you spend $120 a month. You know why? Okay. That's where the women are. There's some beautiful, really quality women on those sites. So now, what do you say about this acceptable and now tolerated trend? Especially the fact that if you wanted to find women now and the women that will accept a guy that's a father figure and not a daddy, they're on those sugar daddy sites. A lot of them. Mm. Mm. Without two things I'll say, I'll say um, either get with it or get lost. That's the first thing I'll say. Because a lot of guys would be like, well, things are changing and I'm not going to change. I'm going to be stuck like this. Well, now nah, you got to be flexible. So, you know, you got you to gotta get with the times. For those who are not willing to go that route, this, the other option I'll tell you is you better get your mouthpiece up. You better learn how to converse face-to-face. -face. You better get your, that nervous tick out of you. What I tell guys is the problem is you talk to women, you, you, you mostly talk to the women that you want to have sex with. Well, no, so you have to quote-unquote shoot in the gym. You got to practice. So what mm -hmm. I say is when it, when, it, when it comes to getting your conversation skills up, it's not just conversing with women you have to converse with people that means men and women you have to learn how to spark a, a, a cold you have to learn how to cold approach men and women yeah so whether it be out of state or out of the country when you go out of state or out of the country it's not just approaching women you gotta approach guys too hey what's up what's up my man how you doing what's up yo, you from around here or yo, what's there to do around here like yo is there clubs or like yo, is anyone like to shoot pool because guys would think oh if i talk to a guy that's gay and that Yo, yo, everything isn't about sex, bro. You know what I mean? It's all about making relationships, creating networks. What yes. they say is it's about your network, not your net worth. So with that being said, when you have conversation, when you learn how to have conversations, and like I, what I like to say too, when you have conversations and you learn how to put your penis in your pocket, you'll learn how to have an advantage when you talk to women now. Because now when you talk to women, what I like to tell guys is when you talk to women, especially for the first time, you're not having a conversation to see, can I get her number? You're not having a conversation to see, ooh, can I have sex with her? You're having an initial conversation to see, is she even worth a second conversation? You understand? Did she make it to the, to the next interview? But it's, now, I use the word interview loosely because when you're having a conversation with a woman, it's not an interview. So you have to find ways to talk to, to people and get information out of them without making it seem or feel well, like an interview. Women don't want to be analyzed. They don't like that. They hate exactly. when you do that. And I'm notoriously bad for that for a long time. But the other thing, too, is that obviously, like, my other thing, too, is when I'm interacting with women, I already know, listen, it's what, what they want first. They're going to care about that, so I'm going to focus on that. Don't worry about me. I know how this works. That's fine. The other thing, too, is I look at in conversations as well. Um, well, I'll bring up my next question. I want to so I can jog my memory what I was going to say before. So with many of the women I've met on these sugar daddy sites, because I've done it like this is just the place to go, because the truth is, it's not even so much they're looking for sugar daddies as you're just looking for relationships. But this is just mm -hmm. another bigger, higher, more expensive paywall to make yeah. sure you get somebody that's actually committed to do this. Oh, here's what I was going to say. The attitude of nothing to lose when it comes to conversations. You can't put a girl as part of a league and say she's too good enough for me, too pretty enough. This and that. It doesn't matter anymore. And I've had the hardest lesson to learn over and over. And I still can't get that right. But I have to have a nothing to lose attitude. It's like, listen, take the rejection, accept it, add it to your, add it to your uh, pile, keep going. That's not easy to go with. And I get tired of it after all this time. It really does suck.
But I'll tell you this on these sugar days is when I've had conversations, uh, they've all many of them have expressed to me for the most part feeling they want to escape the life they've been living in when it comes to bills they have for moving out of their house. They want they get student loans that they're mounting on themselves to go to college for what I don't even know why in some cases, because some of the, some of the degrees they want to go for usually it's nursing. Usually it's, you know, it's something where it's always caregiving in some cases. So it's based on the ones I'm right. actually trying to respond to anyway. And then there's mm-hmm. others that are adventurous. They want to seek vacation. They want to get out. And, you know, when they've gone and done the things and have had experiences, they've had at a younger age. If mm-hmm. a man decides to be with, an, you know, what if there is a thought where, okay, why are we keep going after these young youth women with youth and beauty that every other guy wants to have it's like there's like 20 percent that 80 percent of the guys want to go after what if they flip the script and say okay well why don't i just go after somebody that's more mature well experienced well-rounded ready to be grounded into a relationship because she doesn't feel like she's chasing or breaking off a relationship after it starts seeking a divorce or having kids or more kids if they're a single mom so if you're one to marry or be in a long-term relationship with an American or a European woman, a Western woman, a modern mm-hmm. woman, and you'll tolerate mm-hmm. all the other things that come with her. Guys, you know, they don't want to go to the trouble maybe of going to get a passport or going out okay. looking for remote areas. They're going to just find what's the best possible option for them here in their in their backyard. Is that a mm-hmm. safe bet? Would you what do you think about if they did make that choice? To be completely honest, I don't I definitely don't think that's a safe bet because yeah. there are too many laws. I don't know about Europe, but uh, speaking in America, there are too many laws against men. You know, yeah. men have no rights when it comes to childbirth, and men have uh, uh, men have men have more of a finance more more of a financial loss when it comes to divorces. So, with that being said, it's almost like once a man, once a man in America marries a woman, it's like he signs his rights away. So, with that being said, because even I don't know how the laws are different in different states, but I know in New York, if you live with a woman for a certain amount of time, it's like a com- no, no, that's in Pennsylvania. I apologize. Common law marriage. Laws, yeah, common law marriage. This is a common law marriage thing where you don't necessarily have to marry a woman if she just literally choose her for a certain amount of time, then she gets the same rights as if she she were your wife. So, with all these things stacked up against you, plus women are incentivized to divorce you. They they actually get paid in alimony to get to to get to get divorced, and they also get child support money, which isn't. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not uh, monitored to make sure that the money that's given in child support is actually used for the child. So she could take that same money and get her nails done, get her hair, hair done, so on and so forth. So to be completely honest, I do not, I do not advise, I, I do not advise against marriage. I just advise against marriage in America with all the laws currently, currently uh, um, in the books. Now, just to backtrack a little bit and, and um, piggyback of what you said as far as like. You know, when talking to a woman, you know, guys, you know, may think that she's out of their league. You know, sometimes men would put um, certain women on pedestals. Yeah. The one thing that I'll say to that helped me kind of pop that kind of burst that bubble and allowed me to talk to women in a certain way where I always felt confident. I never looked at them on a pedestal, looked at them out of my league. If guys could just especially after reading my book, if guys could just understand that women are children. If you can just understand that statement, I don't mean that literally. I don't mean that she's a five-year-old. But if you look at women the same way you look at children, meaning that children need protection, children need guidance, children need instructions, children want dad, children want 
someone to draw the line and say, okay, you can't cross this line. Children want someone to hold them accountable. You understand? Children, children don't, they may say they want to eat ice cream every day and eat cake every day, but they actually want somebody to tell them, no, you can't do that. And the last thing I'll say about children as far as like wanting dad is that even in children, literally, children want that line to be drawn because when they are amongst their peers, let's say you have someone in high school and someone is, 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 is uh, um, peer pressuring them to use drugs. If their parents or their dad, excuse me, their dad is telling them like, yo, drugs is, already had that talk with them, like drugs is bad. This is the reason why you shouldn't do drugs. You know, it really disappoint me if you were to do drugs and this, then the third. Now she has that voice in her head to, you know, to come back, the peer pressure, like, you know what, guys, you know, I don't want to really want to do that. She, she she may not even have to say, oh, come my dad doesn't want to. She can even stand on herself like, you know what, this is not my thing. So I say that to say, if guys understand that women are children, and with that being said, I don't know any, I haven't met any guy who has trouble talking to a seven-year-old. It's, yeah. There's no, there's no sexual energy. You're just having a conversation, whether you're giving instruction, direction, whatever the case may be. Second thing I say is you don't argue with a child. So that's why I say in the book, I even have a whole chapter devoted to never argue. Because women argue or have discussions with their emotions and feelings. And guys debate or discuss with logic and reason. Logic is like a physical table. Emotion is like smoke. You can't do nothing with that. It's like nothing. So that's what I say, say about that. So arguing leads you into a trap. I mean, it's the same idea where a girl will just honestly, hey, pay for my rent, pay for my phone. They're going to use it as a trap. The only thing I will say is I would I, I get where you're coming from about women being kind of similar to children. I take it to another level and say it's more like it's, it's still women being adults, but it's business. The way you handle business, it's still business here. And, you know, if they don't have the mind, they're already going to have the proposed mindset that, oh, you're looking to get in their pants. They're always going to have that. You're, and even when you try to go ahead and say, no, that's not the way Nest, you are. Just assume it. That's just the way they're going to think anyway. That's it. But it's also like if I'm talking to somebody, you can keep it businesslike, especially when you're approaching, you're getting to know that you're transmitting the girl for the first time. Then treat it as a business type deal. And then listen, you're negotiating. Let's get the phone number. Let's make time because then you have to create the setting to make it where it's comfortable. She feels good. She feels secure. And then you bring it to a, the, the, the moment where you can actually then talk to her as you want to without worrying about what she's going to say or what happens. Uh, the other thing I also like is that we, you know, really make mention of about the value of the dates that you take a girl on and that they, you know, they feel like that's the other part you got to work is that, that, that dynamic of, well, you can't just go take a girl out for a drink or go out for a cup of coffee because they're going to say, well, what is this? Like you're supposed to do better than that. But we know what's going to happen if you do it the other way. Take her out to Capitol mm -hmm. Grill. Take her out to, mm -hmm. you know, some fancy restaurant down here in Palm Beach or something like that. Three hundred dollars, four dollars a plate. No, because you know what's going to happen. You're going to put that out there, and you you should know better that you're going with the expectations. No mm -hmm. expectations, because mm -hmm. you can't have it. It just doesn't work, mm -hmm. and that's one thing I can't deal with. I want to bring this up because this is something I didn't hear in any of your interviews, but I thought this was extremely important. It goes to today. So back in January, actor Sean Penn, okay, you know, bad boys. It's about like all these great movies this guy's done, right? He did a press junket for an upcoming movie called Flag Day. And I don't know where this all came from, but he brought this point across, and I, I have to agree with him 100%. 
quote, I think that men have, in my view, become quite feminized. I have this very strong, these very strong women in my life who do not take masculinity as a sign of oppression toward them. He also mm. said, quote, there are a lot of, I think, cowardly genes that lead people to surrendering their genes and putting on a skirt. We see Harry mm. Styles, the One Direction singer doing that. We see, you know, uh, uh, who's the guy from uh, Pose? I forget his name now. Doesn't come to mind. But yeah, skirts on the stage and guys and celebrities are showing it as it's nor it's commonplace, right? When you see younger guys now that put a lot of time and maintenance in their hair, their skin, their mm. clothes, like you see a very, it's not even metrosexual anymore. It's something else. Right. These guys, skinny jeans, like the girls, they're wearing the clothes kind of, they look like a girl when they're dressed the way the hair is always a certain way. Look, I mean, they might, who knows if they have makeup on, they just, right. they've obviously, they don't work out. They don't get themselves to like be built up and really, you know, build their testosterone. Like they are, I mean, I can't say how many times I go to the mall and I see girls, pretty girls with guys that I'm questioning. I'm questioning. Yeah. And there's nothing <laughs> wrong with that, but I'm questioning. She's, you know, she's, she's happy to go and choose a guy to be with him like that. Cause he right. could be a simp. He could be easily right. manipulated, controlled, and he doesn't Absolutely. have that kind of manly instinct. Right. So when you see that, do you see it as an ongoing problem that makes it easier for women to indulge to their excesses? When I, first of all, when I see stuff like that, the first question I have to ask myself is why is it like that? Right? So long story short, the, the cause now we got to worry about the guys, the younger guys are, are younger brothers are nephews and all of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's who I thought. I was like, why is it? Because like I said, I have a nephew. I have, I have a nephew that's 24 and I have uh, other nephews that's uh, 10 and 7. Uh, luckily, all my nephews grew up with a father in the, in, the, in the home. But I started realizing like, yeah, I, I, I was born in the, in the 80s. So growing up in the 80s, raised in the 90s, let's say we grew up in the, in the drug era. You know, so with that being said, you'd have kids coming to school, maybe not looking the, the freshest as far as like, you know, the cleanliness. I mean, they may have to shower, whatever the case may be, because their yeah. parent was, you know, on drugs. I say that to say that I was in the 80s and 90s, but the 2000s, 2010s, I'll call that the single mother era. So with the single mother era, you have children, we're talking about boys. So you have boys who are in the house with their mother, their sister, their aunt, maybe their grandmother. They go to school where the teacher is a woman, the uh, principal is a woman, the, the school bus driver is probably a woman too. So with that being said, back to what we said earlier in this conversation, there's nothing to counterbalance whatever that young boy is doing. If that young boy is acting out, matter of fact, let me rewind again. There's nothing, nothing against the, you know, that community, but you know, I had, I had a, a, a coworker who grew up with three sisters, his mother and his aunt, and he was married to a guy. And there's something that one thing that he said to me, he said, you know, growing up when I would play with my sister's dolls and someone would try to stop me, my mother would say, Hey, this, there's no big deal with him playing with his sister's dolls. Yeah. And I remember just, just thinking like, yeah, there was no guy to actually counteract that. So that goes on a lot in society more than more than we'd like to uh, like to think. And if I if my uh, my my stats are correct, I believe they say about seventy percent of children nowadays are born in uh, are born out of wedlock. Meaning, seventy yeah. percent of children grow up in single parent homes. When we say single parent home, it's most of the time single mother homes. So with that being said, a lot of these young boys are growing up seeing their most seeing their mothers in in their emotional state 
they're not seeing a person acting with logic and with reason. So think about that. If you grew up in an environment where everybody around you, whether they're women or not, they act this particular way. And even, even okay, uh, some might say, well, RPC, back in the 80s and 90s, you know, there were guys who grew up with just their mother and their sister and their aunt, and they didn't, they didn't act in metrosexual. True. But what I was going to say, what's lacking now is that back in the 80s and 90s, if they didn't get it at home, at least they got it in the movies. Yeah. At least they got it on TV. Sylvester Stallone, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Kung Fu movies, they still had masculinity and it wasn't considered toxic. So even if I didn't have that in the home, I can see how Arnold Schwarzenegger acted in Conan. I can see how Rambo acted in... Now, that's not saying I'm going to go out and start, start shooting guns or whatever the case may be, but just to say that there's a, it was a different view in, of seeing how people may or may not act. So with this lack of masculinity in the home, because like I, like I also want to emphasize, just because a male is in the home doesn't mean he was a great figure. Because you can have a male figure, but that doesn't mean he's a man figure. Because let's say he, uh, this particular boy did have a man growing up in the house with him, but this man's uh, 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 wife walked all over him, treated him like, you know, like he was nothing, like he was less than. Yeah. So that boy may grow up thinking that that's the way men are supposed to be treated by the opposite sex. So... It's it's a it's a big conundrum to be honest. Like, like I don't to be when I think about the issues of society today, not just uh, interpersonal relationship, just just the way society is in general. And when I try to think of a solution, I, like, like I tell my my chat, I tell them it's like like someone squeezed toothpaste out the toothpaste bottle, and the solution is to get the toothpaste back into the tube. Yeah, I've never seen that happen before. No, but I'll tell you this: for men. It's gonna it's obviously there's gonna be a percentage, and it's totally fine that organically some young men are gonna realize, you know what, I'd rather be dressed as a woman, transition to a woman, or be with another man. That's I get that part. But we also don't need to go and have women do a bad job of parenting or guys doing a bad job of being a role model mm -hmm. by perpetuating the idea that, oh well, you know, being a guy is not what it's cracked up to be i think i'd rather go ahead and try something else like there's a thing mm. where you know yeah 70s 80s you know you'd have guys that were guys like you would see that identified you look at the commercials all the guys look like they're kind of you know soft they're idiots they're bumbling idiots it's the portrayal that's being changed men are being attacked it's it's true in the media you know it's like when you talk about cancel culture i mean time's up and uh the me too movement that's all about guys that's not going after men. That's not going after women. And for the guys right now, you go through and say, if they had the kind of role models that we had, if we had, like you said, you could have it from other people that you'd see and, you know, it would be a different thing. But yeah, those type of role models are not there anymore. The alpha male, just the thought process of being guy, being strong, masculine, going to the gym, this and that, it's looked down upon in some cases. Mm -hmm. It's cliche, mm -hmm. it's passe, it's antiquated. That's what it is. And that's, that's what, tap, by the way, go ahead, go ahead. I want to tap into something too. Um, this is the part I forgot to add. So like we said, in, in, back in the day in media, we had our Arnold Schwarzenegger basically, you know, masculine men on TV. The fact that, like I stated, there aren't masculine men in the homes. People are, men and women both have masculine and feminine energy within them. 
but then it's not equal within each of us. It's it's balanced. It's it's complementary. So for lack of just just for sake of discussion, let's say an, a, a man has masculine and feminine energy, but it's balanced or complemented in, in within themselves. Where let's say eighty percent of them is masculine, twenty percent is feminine. Just a quick yeah. example, like people might be like, "Well, what's your feminine side?" Just me wearing a shirt like this is expressing my feminine side. The fact that I can express colors, yeah. wear stuff like this, that's just expressing feminine side. So I say that to say. A young boy who grows up in a house where, with no man or a soft male may be imbalanced. So you grow, you have a young male growing up in a house where their energy is imbalanced, where let's say it is 50-50, you know, or even imbalanced where it's 60% feminine energy, 40% masculine energy. The reason I bring that up is because not only is, is he experiencing this in his in immediate environment, now you have the media also perpetuating this. Now, you, like you stated, you're seeing guys in skirts because he, he just sees his, his sisters and his and his little niece and his mom wearing skirts and dresses. And, hey, TV, this 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 guy on his TV show is also wearing a skirt. Nobody's making fun of him. Hey, this this supposed hard rap rapper is wearing a skirt now. Like, hey, maybe maybe that'll make me cool because, you know, I don't I really don't have that many friends in school. So let me try it out. Like so. Again, there's nothing to counterbalance. There's no man in the house to say, hey, hey, hey. Now nah, we ain't wearing no skirts. You don't do that over here. You, you're a young boy. And let me, and let, let, me, let me emphasize that point right there as far as like a man saying, hey, hey, hey. Can I have two examples of my, for myself? Because I grew up um, with, my, with my father in the home. My parents are still married. They've been married, I think, like 40 years now, maybe even more, a little more. But uh, I remember two, two specific um, um, experiences that I had growing up with, with a father. First thing that I first thing that I remember is being four years old. I went to a family friend's house and they had a little baby girl, maybe a couple months old, diaper being changed, right? Of course, I know my own body parts at four years old, but I never saw a female body part. So when I saw the, the young baby getting changed, and I remember just looking, my dad's like, yo, yo, what's, what's up? What's the problem? I was like, yo, dad, like that baby is missing like like body parts. He was like, no, 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 that's a girl. I was like, what do, you, well, what do you mean? And he explained like the difference between boy and girl. That right there made me realize I started the, the, the seed in my head of like, boys are different from girls, right? That's the first thing. Second time, I remember being a little older, maybe six or seven years old, going over to another family friend's house. They had a daughter and a son. The daughter was playing with like the playhouse and the dolls and the <laughs> son had like trucks and stuff like that. So yeah. I, don't, I don't know, maybe I was, you know, I was fond of the daughter. So... I went to the to the you know I was playing with it with the with the daughter you know what I'm saying trying to play with the playhouse and all that hey comes my my dad like hey hey what you doing I was like I'm just like hey no no yo you play with the trucks and the I was like oh, okay just doing that I learned yeah, Tonka trucks GI Joes that's for you yeah 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 and ever since then I love playing with GI Joes and trucks and I still got like like right. some GI Joes now but I say that to say with a, a a manly father in the house not a soft like oh well if he wants to play with this then i guess he can you know, like no nah, my, my pops wasn't on that like the opposite of, of of that we're not gonna get too much into it but not the, but the opposite of what i just described just like what a what a manly father would do mm-hmm. would be Dwayne wade like Zion. you're allowing your preteen yeah. yeah you're allowing your preteen to make such a, a life-changing decision again i'm not a parent i have no kids some some might say well you don't have a kid you wouldn't know i understand psychology um, I study psychology. I study sociology. So, with with, with that being in my background, I, I still can understand why why a parent would would allow you know a child so young to make a decision so serious. 
That's look what at, I'm and then the other examples you see of, of guys in skirts, Farrell Williams on the cover mm. of GQ. When GQ, yeah. a gentleman's magazine, they said, no, no, we're going to change the way things are. And I'm like, you're wearing this green skirt. Like, I remember doing wow. a video on it. I got blasted on for that. But there's that. Uh, Billy Porter's the other guy. That's the guy I was thinking about the, from uh, Pose. And the Cinderella movie they did with uh, Camilla Cabello was on Amazon. I remember that, too. And is Harry that, Billy Porter. Is that, yeah. is that the guy? Is, is that the guy from Get, from Get Out? Yes. Because the black guy from Get Out. Is that, is that his name, Billy Porter? Yeah, Billy Porter. Yeah. Yeah. I was very, I was very disappointed to see that. But go ahead. But I understand the agenda because even I've even seen Kevin Hart in in in, in dresses, and I started noticing this when I started. Yeah, was yeah, you, you're you're old enough because I'm forty. I'm forty. You're forty. Yeah. Uh, in your forties also, you seen the movie um Tu Wong Fu. You remember that yes. movie? Yes. Yeah. I remember. Thanks for remember, th- uh, thank you, Julia Newmar. Yeah, yeah. I remember just seeing that movie because that's the ones when they were all in, in drag and stuff like that, right? If I'm, oh, if yeah. I'm correct. I remember. I forgot how old I was, but I remember seeing this and, and seeing Ving Rains dressed up in drag and i was just so confused like why would you do this and then to see more movies with other people in dresses and stuff like that i was like there's an agenda going on here i mean i know exactly what's going on but i smell something going on here and then fast forward to where we are now in 2022 for, for, for someone to look me in my face with a straight face and tell me that there is an agenda going on then let's just agree to disagree yeah now with that said, I want to go ahead and move on. And I'm going to make mention of, you know, if you want to follow this and you're watching this on YouTube, you can definitely check out RPC's channel, Real Pill Chauvinist. And I caught an interview deal with Alpha Villains. We got through a lot of information there. And uh, you had talked about how guys need to talk to their inner voice or inner God, as you said. And there are plenty of authors on YouTube and Instagram creators that talk about how guys need to work on themselves emotionally, financially work on their overall game. You know, you, you got to get your, mo- your money right. You got to get your health right. But when you see so many girls that are so toxic, they've been so destroyed and manipulated by propaganda, manipulating themselves by propaganda, their own perceived victimhood. And I'm mm-hmm. not, not judging that there aren't, aren't women that feel like they're constantly through a pattern of being victimized, right? And the brainwashing that sure guys can try to fix a girl, but that's an undertaking. That's even, you know, that even you say to those guys, more power to you. You may mention that. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm at the age where I'm tired of the rules to follow. I've basically given up on dating myself or making serious approaches to women. It's just that the point is I'm, I'm really, it's just, I'm at one with myself. I'm at peace. Mm-hmm. I'm alone and that's okay. I want to stay free and interact with women with no strings attached, but that's just mm-hmm. me. So I want to talk about the two directions that guys should be taking going forward after listening to your messages, reading your book once they do. Mm-hmm. Again, hack her, true female nature, one-on-one, Amazon, Audible, Kindle, whatever you got to do, pick up the book. It's not much at all, 180 pages. It's a quick read, but it's an important read. I'm telling you that. We mentioned it before that guys have two options. A, you know, after Western, you know, they can keep going after Western girls or American girls trying to make things work with a girl here or go overseas to a woman of a different culture that was raised in a great family structure and is made to be a wife, homemaker and mother. So at this point, I mean, do you just, was there basically a real recommendation that you think that, that the best course of action is 
to seek overseas. And would you feel comfortable that it's like, okay, bring a woman from a better environment and bring her here. Mm. Or I'm, I'm highly against that because even because I travel a lot and people tell me, well, you know, well, why don't you find a chicken, bring her over here. And, um, Shout out to uh, Yes Jonas. He made the, he made the he made the statement that he also travels to the Brazil often, and he made the statement like that's like basically taking a great white and bringing them to fresh water. Like you don't want to do that. You want to keep them in their environment. Yeah. So another way of saying that is a chick who like we said, you go out the country, you meet a woman who grew up with great family values, great culture, so on and so forth, and you bring her here. Now she starts to get brainwashed. She starts you know listening to the propaganda. Like you know what. I actually want to work. I know before I used to think I wanted to be like a stay-at-home mom, but I actually want to work. Boom, now she's starting to work. But you might be like, you know what? This is no big deal. She has like a little nine to five. You know, I'm not, I'm not a, a warden. I'm not going, I'm not going to keep her in prison. Yeah. She can go work on So now she works. Now that she's at work, now those the women who grew up here with that propaganda is going to be in her ear like, well, what do you mean he doesn't give you an allowance? Or what do you mean he only does this? Or what do you mean you cook him meals every day? You don't got to do that, girl. You can just do this. And if you don't like what he's doing, you can divorce him and you can just take all it. So now she's going to hear all oh, this and this, that, and that. Now that might not, that it's not going to be a definite, but it might change her mindset because that's the one thing I wanted to emphasize too. Just backtracking just a little bit. Of course. Backtracking to young boys growing up in a male, um, female household. Back, back to when I was talking about energy, because they have a more female energy, they, they're, they're more easy, they're, they're, they're easier to be manipulated. They're easier to fall into propaganda, propaganda. So when they have more of that feminine energy, when they see that stuff on media, that's why they're more likely to put the dress on, you know, wear nail polish. That's a new, that's a new trend now. These young boys putting on nail polish. But anyway, yeah. Uh, back to the to 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 what you were saying. Uh, guys getting option, feminized, right? Yeah, guys getting feminized. So, uh, the, so the, the option for these guys. Damn, I lost my my, my train of thought. Uh, what, what was your question again? Well, what I was asking was about the options that guys can have, can they still try to make it work with a Western girl here? But then I, you were talking that. about how, if you brought a girl from overseas, don't bring her here. Don't take her away from the environment that she still excels at. So if you're willing, if you, if you want to deal with a woman overseas and you actually want that to be like a long-term thing, you actually have to be willing to move there. A lot of guys are not willing to do these things because not because they can't, but strictly out of fear. Because they don't know someone else who's done it before, so they think, "No, nah, that's impossible." Like but you know, what's funny? Like, how, well, in some cases, some of the Asian, uh, especially with the Philippines, when my friend got here, he mentioned there was another guy I met that you know he that I knew from uh, networking and business that his Filipino wife and him they got together with other couples where the guy right. was American, the girl was Filipina, and the Filipino girls would help each other because the thing was those women were not able to really they were so culture shocked they can't adapt into the new environment because they were so well trained to not <laughs> take up the western culture so yeah. i think there's a chance of that happening where you can find a girl that we brought over here and then it's like they're just so well ingrained in their head of where they are that they can't they, they won't be susceptible to the same propaganda it's it's impenetrable impenetrable i agree with that when it comes to because in my mind like when I think about women who do not have the Western culture, the first demographic of women that I think of are Asian women. Now, I understand like like it, for those of that know, India is, is is considered Asia also as part of the, the continent. Correct. So, Asian women. So, I, 
I've heard too many stories of how Asian women are feminine. Um, you know, they 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 there to help their man and whatever business you know that, that their man is doing. So uh, that's another option for guys. If if you like like you just stated, I, when I was thinking about bringing a woman back to America, I, I actually was thinking about women from the Western society, maybe from uh, South America or from Europe. But um, yeah, if you were to bring an Asian woman here, that might that 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 could work. Absolutely, yeah. because I don't. But at the end of this conversation, I don't want men feeling depressed. I don't want men thinking that there's no option, that there's no there's no hope, that there's no chance. Like the best the best answer I can give. Uh, that's the uh, that's what I wanted to say. The best answer I can give to guys who ask themselves, well, RPC after hearing everything that you spoke about, after reading the book, you know, what I'm saying, you know, understanding female nature. What's the best course of action for me to do? You know, for me to get the for me to get the best outcome. And, 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 and my friend, the best answer I can tell you is become the best version of yourself. Yeah. Start to focus on you. Now, that sounds very cliche. It sounds like, oh, I've heard this before, but I can't. Back to what you, you even put it up before. I said to know thyself is to know, is to know thy God. Or another way to say it is to know thyself is to know that you're God. But yeah. you don't even know what you're I'm using. But anyway, I say a lot to say, once you know how to master solitude, Meaning that you're okay with being by yourself. That's not saying you're 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 sequestering yourself in a room with no lights and no TV and you're just no. Nah. Mm-hmm. You might take a day, no no social media, no no tablets. I'm gonna actually read a physical book, have it in my hand, and you know, just take time to myself. Maybe yeah. maybe it'll take a couple of days, or or maybe take no book. Take take go to the park, sit with a cup of coffee, some tea, and just look at nature. But I say all that to say, during that time when you're just reading that book or just looking at nature, you might hear a voice in your head come out of nowhere and just start talking to you. Yeah. And that's the voice that I spoke about. I call it the voice of God. You know what I mean? But people could call it whatever they want, they're conscious, whatever the case may be. But I say that to say, mm-hmm. once I started recognizing that voice, I started realizing how much that voice guides me in the right direction in, on, on what I'm doing, the things I need to do, things I've done in the past. There may be something I've done in the past that I didn't realize the lesson that I learned until I self-reflect with that voice in my, in my mind and I'm able to uh, do better in the future. So, so guys, the, the greatest answer to any question you have to me about women is to better yourself. Because like they say, women mostly like, they don't like to help you build. They like to move in. Women don't want to be in a race with you. Most of them don't like to be in a race with you. They want to meet you at the finish line. Yeah. So with that being said, another thing I've heard for years is now, mind you, I'm not the finance guy. I'm not, mind you, this whole time I never spoke about money, how to get no. money, get the bag and all that. The reason why I like money is because of the access that money gives me. Correct. So I'm not a money guy that, that'll tell you, oh, go get money, be a millionaire, work 16 hours a day. I'm not going to tell you that. I will say find a passion that you can get paid for, find a way to get passive income. But yeah. I say all that to say, fellas, get to know who you are because that's, that's what I was going to say. The oldest saying that I've heard is chase the money. What do they say? Chase the money because once you get the money, the women will chase you. Correct. So if you truly understand that and you're like, you know, you didn't get anything I said before, focus on yourself, focus on your business, focus on getting your portfolio up, whatever the case may be, because once you do that, you won't be chasing women. And let me, real quick, let me just also say there's a difference between yeah. chasing and pursuing. I definitely advocate for men to pursue women that you are interested in. The difference is when you pursue a woman, you're basically letting the woman know that you're interested and you would like to move for, you would like to move further in this relationship as far as it being more than just platonic. 
chasing is a woman having low interest and you're trying to convince her to like you and you're trying to convince her why she should go out with you and uh, don't do that. No. If a woman no. has low to no interest, keep it moving. But guys because try so like, hard to go for it. They want, they'll, because, if it's any little bit, they just feel like I, I just have to try to go after it. And then the other guys I see when I go out the downtown or I go to other places and I just look and I see, and I'm, the other thing in mind that I always got to think about too, is like, okay, see, I used to feel bad when I see other guys get the girl. Well, I wish I was the one that had that girl. I never, I don't think like that anymore. I went nope. through therapy. I went through a lot of different things. And I said, you know what? I'm thinking ahead about the guy and I'm saying, okay, he's, he's, he's gotten himself all dressed up. You don't want to be dressed up like that. He's got to right. go out, go along with this girl to go shopping, which he wanted to, would they want to go do? And, you know, you think of Valentine's Day, you think of their certain events, weddings, all these things where these guys have to do something that's uncomfortable and they're sacrificing so much of themselves to do something they don't want to do because of the power of the pink, the girl, what yes, she sir. has between her legs. It's no other way to say it. Now, my final question to your RPC, again, the book, Hack Her, True Female Nature 101. Look for it on Amazon. Where do you go and find books? The book's right there. I got it on, on the audio book. You did an excellent job with the British uh, voiceover lady in that. Tell me what you think about that. Can I? Can I got some? I got some some good and bad critique about it. Like some guys are like, why would you have a woman's voice? And others are saying, why would you have a, a non-American? So what, what, was, what was your thought on that, real quick? You know what it was is because the way I found the manipulated man, I didn't buy the book. I found somebody that took the audio book, used it with a British female voice, and both oh, wow. books actually. And I heard it that way. I was like. God, man, it just sounds so much better. It just yeah. sounds right. And I'm a radio guy, and, and audio is for my thing. You couldn't have done it yourself. Mm, it was right not. to have a woman voice it, number one. Mm. But number two, the way it was done, the way it was presented, yeah, it does make it sound much more sophisticated. And that's mm. what we want guys to feel like. This is not a book that's a throwaway. This is important. This is mm -hmm. knowledge. It's a reference guide. You go back, for me, Manipulated man, polygamous sex. I listen to I listen to those books over and over and over again. Again, I only got this book like what two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Really? Yeah. I, I by the way, disclaimer: I bought it. I bought the audio book. This is not where I was provided with anything, no PR, anything like that. I came looking to you. I hit you up on the DMs on Instagram to seek you Absolutely. out to do this interview because I wanted to talk about this because you got me with this book. I've listened to it twice and I will keep listening to it on a regular basis because I want to keep hearing those words again. That lady has got to, it's just going to keep popping in my head. There's just so much I got out of it and there's still more. I got to go back and listen again and listen again. It's just, even if it's like, I'm not absorbing every word that's being said, it's just, it's that instillment of like, okay, that mindset, mm -hmm. that attitude's got to come in. I got to have mm -hmm. that. It, I really got a lot from that. The other thing I got to ask you is this, this is, now, my final question to you. So you mentioned at the end of the book about semen retention, about withstanding mm -hmm. sexual urges, really uh, monk mode, or referring mm -hmm. to the fact that you need to really have your own control and be celibate as you, uh, to show that you are able to control your urges. And that's especially when it comes to any long-term relationship you look to have, you seek to have, or that you are in. At this point, we've talked about the options. So for me, to me, if I have my options put in front of me, it's younger, which I continue to go and look, you know, I'll pursue, mm -hmm. not chasing, but I'll pursue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
or if I want to go get a passport, go to another country, go to Peru, go to Dominican Republic, not yeah, yeah. or go to Philippines, whatever, and go find a woman. And, you know, I can find a woman. I think I can find a way to go and make it where it will work for me to bring her here. I'll be an older man living in some retirement community, 55 plus. And, you know, it's like they're just going to be there and have a guy that loves them unconditionally mm-hmm. because the guy mm-hmm. is reciprocating the love right back and has the kind of home that he wants. It's all that way. And I'm really and I God bless some of those women that are out there that are offering the right advice, especially on TikTok. There's some wonderful women mm-hmm. and sexual advisors and therapists and all that are giving some great advice. And I'm glad for that. But for me, this never gets talked about our PC. What about guys like myself? Listen, I'm not looking for long term, but I subscribe to the moments of debauchery. Okay, frequenting, mm-hmm. you know, there's guys that will frequent brothels. I will mm-hmm. not confirm or deny that I've gone to them. We'll just say that mm-hmm. massage mm-hmm. parlors, or we can affectionately call them rubbing tugs or mm-hmm. having a transaction with a woman that still practices the world's oldest profession. If mm-hmm. you know what that is, you're not a guy. <laughs> what do you see about those men like myself in that mindset? If that's becoming more of a trend because guys have become fed up with trying to date women conventionally or to be with a woman in any kind of commitment. To be honest, because I've been in, I've been in uh, countries and, and cultures where that is accepted, you know, uh, right. sex work, whatever the case may be. And I, to be honest, when I, when, I, when I was first introduced to that world or uh, to a culture that, that it was normalized, it was shocking to me. Like, yeah. you know, coming from America, being in this, but I'm an I'm a, I'm a analytical thinker. So I started thinking, okay, because the society is like this and it's the opposite of, you know, where I come from, what's the pros and cons? So I say, well, that's to say, I think a society like that would actually benefit marriages. What I mean by that, well, let me let me backtrack real quick. Because you talked about um, semen retention and monk mode. One of the one of the most important things I said in the book, I have no problem saying here, is that once a man gains control over over his lust for vagina, he will be less susceptible to the manipulative ma- manipulative tactics of female nature. Yeah. So basically, if a guy learns how to control his nut, if a guy can go 30 days without masturbating or ejaculating, right, he will then gain power over his sexual desires. What does that look like? After going through monk mode, that, and for those who don't know, that's what monk mode pretty much is, is basically, you know, not having sex. Now, let me say that differently. To be more Self-celibacy. Yeah, self-celibacy. To be more specific, during monk mode, you, you can have sex with the woman, but not ejaculate. Monk mode is more so about ejac- not ejaculating, but if you were to not to have sex and not ejaculate, you'd be Superman. You know what I'm saying? At the end of it. So that's what I'm saying. Like Anybody listening to this, just imagine that you went 30 days or 45 days without having sex with your girlfriend or any chick in your rotation. You didn't masturbate, uh, and you didn't, like I said, you didn't ejaculate. And at the end of that, you felt stronger. Yeah. Your mind was clearer. You were able to sometimes even think into the future. And instead, you were able to predict things. You realize how much that empowers you and changes you. So with that being said, when you have, you know, uh, uh, sex work as part of the culture, like I said, the reason why I said it, it, it improves marriages is because when, when a man is married in this society, he's told that he can only get sex from his wife. But if you live in a society where brothels are part of the society, part of the culture, 
Now his wife can't use sex as a bargaining chip. She knows that if he chooses to, whether she knows it or not, he can go to the brothel, get his rocks off, and then come home. He go to work, get his rocks off, then come home, and don't even have to worry about okay, let me act up, let me act right, so she could give me sex. So another thing I'll say is, I don't believe in penis patrol, meaning what another man decides what he wants to do with his money and his penis. Yeah, that's his business. Right. What what Jay Z said, what 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 he eats doesn't make me shit. So. So, can you? Okay, that's another thing. I have a, a quick question to ask you, and this is a genuine question yeah. that I asked my friend the other day, and we didn't get an answer. But when it comes to the term tricking, I see that in the black community. Are there are, are there any other races or cultures that uses the word tricking? And if so, what is the term that they use? You know, I can't say that I've had. I mean, tricking. You know, that's. It's kind of an urban kind of slang, not necessarily towards yes. a particular race or a particular okay. culture, I think. But outside of the urban culture, have you even is is that is that even a term for that? No, I don't know if there I think is. The closest, I, 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 think the, I can't think of one that there is that would come to mind. No. Because I was gonna say John, but I think John is part of the urban culture too, right? It is. I mean, John, we, we, we've heard what John's are. That's a pretty common, but it's right from, but for me, it's about, it's debauchery. And, and, you know, it's like, you know, the, if you're worried about being of what terms it's going to be, that's the other thing I don't worry about. It's like, for me, it's, you know, there, there's some cases paid to play, mm-hmm. but it's an acceptable behavior. Hey, listen, if we're going to accept everything else that's going on and we're, and nobody's going to play along and play traditional relationships, then why bother? Let's just go along and say, okay, mm-hmm. if it's broken, it's broken. We're not going to do what it, it anymore. Is. Exactly. Yeah. And let me say, let me say one more advantage of having the brothel is in the fact that with that type of environment, sex work, whatever the case may be, you can have young males or inexperienced males have the opportunity to have these experiences without the baggage of, well, what am I going to say to her? What's she going to think of my body? That's another thing. A lot of people have you know, insecurities, but a lot of males have insecurities about their own body. But if they're able to have these experiences where, you know, like you just think they pay to play, now they don't have to worry about, well, do I look good? I hope I do a good job. It's okay. I paid her. Now I'm going to do this. Maybe maybe I can even actually teach me how to do this and do that, you know? So this, this, I, I, I just say, I'd like to say, I can see the advantages of that, of, of having sex work within the culture. Now, the disadvantage is you may have guys who only know that. Because what I would say is if you're going to participate in that, just don't have that be your main course. At least have the have the ability to know how to pursue a woman, to have a woman, you know, fall for you, so on and so forth. Because if all you know is sex work, then it's almost like I don't know. It's like you're not really understanding the game. Now I will say this: you will you will understand women. You will you now you understand women. You'll get um. Now nah, you have to have a base because what I say is there's a reason why they call prostitutes. So what they say. You have honest prostitutes and dishonest prostitutes. They say wives are dishonest prostitutes and streetwalkers are honest prostitutes. The reason I say that is because a lot of prostitutes will be honest with you if 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 you know how to read through the mask. Because if they're not treat, looking at you like a John or they're looking at you like, hey, this guy's a dummy, I'm going to manipulate him to try to get all the money out of him. If you have a mouthpiece enough and you have charm and you let the chick know, like, look, I know what it is. We're here just for this. Like, da-da-da. Then she'll start talking to you a little bit more realer. 
know what I mean? So with that being said, I, I said to say I, I, I've heard a, the the most honest things for women who work in that industry. Yeah, Unchained Mail uh, was another book I, I got in my Audible library. Caleb Jones are now called Black Dragon. He talked yeah. about open relationships that you, yeah. you you don't you don't have monogamous relationships anymore. That you no. open yourself up to other partners, and that you don't have to be settled with one. Or to, if you want to live with somebody, make it where it's not monogamous. That both of you mm-hmm. can go ahead and if you want to swing, you want to have your own separate partners, then make that happen. It's already everything else is acceptable, so might as well. You know, you just what we're asking, what we might have been growing up with that our parents and our, our grandparents went through. More than not, that's not going to happen anymore. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's where you have to just realize you're not going to get that traditional set, but you can still have something that's wonderful and makes you happy mm-hmm. and fulfills you. So let's go that route. That's what you have to think about now. There's no, there's no dystopian. We're not, you know, we're not drowning anybody's hopes and dreams. It's not anything like that. I feel like what we're talking about here is we're talking reality. Let's just put reality yeah. in place. Realize, okay, this is the way it is. It is what it is. So let's deal with it. Let's work with it the way we can within the parameters that we can work it out. And just realize with women, they come equipped. They come programmed the way they are. And if you want to catch them before they get programmed, or you maybe catch somebody that's not been caught into the programming, you know, mm-hmm. that's never going to turn off. We're not going to get rid of that. And we're not going to get, you know, parents coming back together or, you know, having two parents in a household to create a proper balance for a child. We know when you do that, if you're going to get married, you want to be able to say, okay, this person, you're going to be able to throw, you know, whoever you're going to be with, if you're going to make that commitment, you could throw away all your phone numbers of any other girl you ever talked to. You could throw away everybody else and you can move and go and you can, and you never want to let her go. You would die if you lost her. That's the only time you commit. Mm-hmm. And that's because she has earned the right. And she's giving you the level of value to give your value validation equals your value. And she shows her value. That's when you hold on to. Mm-hmm. If you don't get that, don't even bother. What, what I would say the next the next stage where we're heading to is really polygyny, not polygamy. Let's just real quick. The difference between polygamy and polygyny is a polygamy is basically one person having multiple partners. Polygyny is one man having multiple women. So that's really where it is right now. Because guys are raised to believe that women want monogamy. And let me say that differently. Women do, women believe they want monogamy, but they really don't because they don't want a man who can't get other women. So what I tell guys is when you're dealing with, when you first start dealing with a woman, when you first pursuing her, let her know that you have other female friends. I say it that way. Don't tell her you have other girlfriends because I, whatever. At least let her know that you have basically other, other non-platonic women in your life. The reason I say to say that off top is, to let, is basically to give her the option to choose if she wants to continue moving forward with somebody like, like in, in this type of situation. Once she decides to move forward, you know, once she decides to move forward, now it isn't an issue of, well, are you cheating? Who's this other girl? Let me see your phone. Not that she can't say that, but she really can't get upset because you already told her from the beginning. You were honest with her. A lot of you guys are dishonest with the women that you're with because you're afraid that, well, she finds out about Sheila and Kelly that she's going to break up with me. 
she will be upset. I'm not even going to lie to you. She's going to be upset because you told her from the beginning, oh, you're the only one, you're my world, you're this, that. And then she found out about Kelly and Lisa. But if you let her know from the gate, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not looking for a, a monogamous relationship. I'm not really good with just one woman. I have other mm-hmm. friends. If you want to continue with this, you know, I'll be respectful. You don't have to worry about these just calling you or popping up at your job. Guys hear what I just said and be like, no, that's crazy. I would never say that to a woman. But you got to understand, women, I mean, this is the last thing I'll say. Yeah, yeah. A lot of guys are looking for love from women. What I tell guys is your best route is to seek respect from your woman or from your Correct. women. And yeah. through the respect is where you get the love. How do you get the respect, fellas? You have to learn how to say no. A lot of you guys are afraid to say no to these women. Oh, can we do this? Can we? No. Not no, maybe later, baby. No, I don't have the money for it now. Just no, with no explanation. Oh, RPC, that's real cold. That's hard. That's exactly what they're looking for. Now, when you say no, the child is going to come out. Oh, why, why can't I? Da, 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 da. Why you got to be so mean? Fellas, you got you to gotta stand through that storm. Because at the other side of that storm is, you know, you look real sexy when you said no to me, right? Wow, that really turned me on. Oh, I like when you just, but guys don't believe it. Go ahead. And don't and much it goes back to your don't argue point. Because you're gonna stir up Never. the argument. You don't buy that trap. You don't buy into that. She's baiting you. You don't do it. You keep your voice at a tone at a at a conversational tone. You don't raise it. You don't bite. You don't bite into that at all. Much like you don't want a girl to be not smart enough to bite into some of the bullshit you might say. Let's just yeah, say it like right. that. It nah, goes both ways. Right? Mm-hmm. That's it. 100%. That's the conversation, RPC. Uh, but anyway, final thoughts. Go ahead and uh, take uh, take a minute. And any other words uh, okay, of wisdom fi- you're thinking about right now? Uh, uh, what I'll say is just to reemphasize certain things. Uh, number one, I don't hate women, as you can tell. This this was not a, a hateful conversation. This is this was uh, an educational conversation. I hope people were able to pick up some of these gems. Um, I highly suggest you re-listen to this episode, you know, multiple times because. A lot of things were said. Uh, um, when you listen to these things, when you read this book, make sure that you're out of your emotions. Make sure you think with logic and reason and apply some of the things that you that you read in this book or hear from the audio book to your own life experiences with your mother. And that's another thing I need to emphasize. This book is not, when we, t- when we talk about female nature, it's not just about your girlfriend, your wife, or your mother. It's also about the crossing guard. It's also about the the, the judge, the police officer, the, the lawyer, the I mean, the, the, the chick behind the cash register, it's all of them, your niece, right. everybody. Um, understand there's a difference between male, male and females. Once you can understand that, uh, you, you'll have a better understanding of women. Yeah. Uh, 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 appreciate and accept your masculine nature of who you are. Don't, don't, this, this, this toxic masculinity term, don't fall into it. Embrace your masculinity. Like when people see my, my channel and see the word chauvinist, they're like, oh, he must hate women and so on and so forth. But that's propaganda yet again, because if you look up the word chauvinist, it simply means, for lack of a better term, cheerleader or an, ex- an excessive supporter. So if I'm a man chauvinist or a male chauvinist, that means I excessively support males. I see nothing wrong with that. Right. And um, just understand, fellas, know who you are to know thyself and to know thy God. Because once you know yourself, you'll know your value. Once you know your value, you'll understand how you're supposed to be treated. 
Like one of the things I said on my on my channel is don't kill your ego. Turn your ego into a pet. Because it's your ego, even though your ego is your emotional body, but your, your ego will remind you of your value. Yeah. Your ego hopefully will keep you humble. I mean, that's another thing that guys need to, you know, a skill that guys need to learn is humility. But, you know, humble yourself. But once you understand your value, you, 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 you've you learned how to master solitude. You've, you've, you've gained control over your lust for the vagina, which will make you less susceptible to female manipulation. Then and only then will you be able to conquer this world. And that's what I'll say. And no, last thing I'll say is with all this said, my next book coming out basically is for the sons of single mothers. And it's basically like a handbook or a guide on how to have the mindset of a man. And I'll just, I'll, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. I'll look for it. Once you get it out there, I want to go and grab it. That's good stuff. Sir, you said we'll do. Rosemont B. Cherubin at Real Pill Chauvinist. Look for him on YouTube. Look for the book, Hack Her, True Female Nature 101. Thanks for being on with me. I really appreciate it. I, it's an honor for me to be here, man. Appreciate it. We had a great conversation. I appreciate everything we spoke about.